You're listening to Spotlight on Business on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, here's your host, Laura Smith. Welcome back to Spotlight on Business. I'm Laura Smith, and my guest this week is Dana Trowbridge, Senior Vice President of Business Banking in charge of the St. Joseph County region of First State Bank, which happens to be the only... Elkhart County Bank. I didn't realize this um, truly for this area. Elkhart, Goshen, Middlebury, and now South Bend. Um, It truly is hometown banking at its finest. And you really get to know who is there for you uh, the whole step of the way. If you're starting a business, if you already have one, or you are, are at the top of your game, you have an ally in First State Bank. And so, Dana, um, very interesting timing for First State Bank to be uh, spotlighted on the program this week with everything that's going on. I mean, wow. It's, it's hard to imagine... I can't even imagine what it's been by been like for you in the business um, hearing about these the run on banks, the SVB bank and everything that happened last week. Tell us what the implications are. Will that affect? And I think a lot of people are wondering, is that going to come to my hometown bank? Would that affect First State Bank and my, you know, my money and, and am I insured? And people probably have a lot of questions. If you could give us an overview of what you think is going on and what actually happened there and then reassure us, if you can, as to whether or not we're safe, you know, with uh, you, it's First State Bank and here in Elkhart County and St. Joseph County. Sure, Laura. So my take on the current uh, situation with banking is that the banks that were uh, taken over by the regulators uh, in the last few days were what I would call outliers. And the, the not only their customer base, but the way that they handled their financial situation in terms of investments were different than 99% of the banks in the country, and including First State Bank. First State Bank is very sound and has a very strong balance sheet and very uh, strong net worth. Uh, obviously, we're local all the way around, and we deal with the Federal Home Loan Bank down in Indianapolis when we uh, borrow funds. So we're very Midwest, very small, very good this area. So we watch our funds very closely. Uh, We are insured by the FDIC up to $250,000 per account, as those banks were too. The government stepped in and decided to exceed that $250,000 for all their depositors and cover every penny. Uh, That was necessary, I think, to quell the disturbance that was going on. But uh, as far as could that catch us, Uh, slight chance, very slight chance that that could happen. It would it would take a lot. The, the whole banking system would basically have to collapse to get all the way down to the point where us and banks like us would be affected. Uh, now, there are some customers of theirs that are being affected, and that's because they had like all-in deposits there, and they were either startups or venture capital funds that were helping startups, and a lot of the Silicon Valley bank customers were uh, tech companies. So some of those companies that are tied up in that uh, certainly had uh, some delays in being able to get a hold of their funding or uh, diverted their uh, sales and deposits to other banks, and that took a, some doing. So there, I'm sure there's some hiccups with some of their customers, but I would also say that um, that'll get smoothed out. 
And I don't believe that there'll be much more fallout from this in terms of there may be a couple of banks in the same situation. Uh, people are blaming the Fed for raising rates and causing the problem because it was a bond issue that they invested in that caused the downfall. So I would suggest that uh, most of the banks around here that I know of, and I've seen their financials and ours, of course, too, uh, are sound. And there shouldn't be any worry for anybody that's working with any bank, including ours uh, today. Okay. So you think you you said that some people say it was the interest rates and other people are saying it was the inclusion of these policies that took took them off their course of fiscal responsibility and into a whole social culture type of thing. Uh, is that something, what do you think? I mean, what do, yeah. what does first state bank, what is their position on what, why they think it happened and you know, what could have prevented it? Uh, I think it's more along the lines of, um, you know, they were outliers and they had uh, a large non-diversified customer base. So if something happened to any of their customers, it was going to happen to all of them for the most part. So that's not a good thing, whereas banks like ourselves or State Bank and others have a very diversified customer base from Amish over in Elkhart County all the way over to um, industrial businesses here in St. Joe County, so and RV businesses in Elkhart. So when you diversify like that, you have a better chance of surviving any problem in any one industry where they were concentrated on one industry and that hurt them. Uh, the other bank that failed in New York was based uh, mostly on cryptocurrency companies. And mm-hmm. of course, everybody knows cryptocurrency is fairly volatile and they had a difficulty with that too. Now, I would say on an overall macro perspective, you know, the world is a funny place today after the pandemic. And we went through the PPP program and uh, economic development injury loans and so disaster injury loans, sorry. So uh, it, it, it's still working through all that. It's still a funny place. And with the Fed doing what they're doing, uh, that's tricky. And uh, it affects everybody uh directly if they have savings or checking accounts or they have any sort of loans because loans are variable in some cases and the rates go up. Uh, Your deposits don't necessarily climb as fast as the rates are going up on the debt. And so that's an offset that's hard to overcome in some cases too. So it affects everybody. And what's going on right now will certainly, uh, if we stay the course, we will definitely uh, come out of that uh, in fine shape. You think so? Because mm-hmm. I, I know that just the kind of for people that aren't really uh, knowledgeable about all the, the real depth of what happened and whatever. I know that for somebody like my mom, you know, who's in her 80s, she's like, I have to make sure I don't have more than 250 in the bank because then I'll lose it all. You know, she, there's a mis- there People really don't understand completely. So are, you're saying, though, that people can feel safe with First State Bank in terms of, you know, keeping their money in there. And so is is there a rule on that? Like if they have more than $250,000, what does that mean when a bank can only insure up to that amount? What if, what if you're an RV CEO or owner and you've got, you know, $30 million, you know, invested? How, how do you, what happens when something, like you said, tricky or silly goes on, you know, within the government, how, how are those people protected? And what if the government can't bail out? What then happens? Okay, so 
the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, is a government entity that uh, has accrues money through fees that they charge banks to be insured. So we pay a fee to the FDIC depending on how much on, we have on deposits, as all banks do. Credit unions uh, use a different fund and fund it separately. So uh, when that happens, we pay the money in, and then all of our deposits are insured to $250,000 per account. Now, the per account is um, a term that's important because you can, your mom can have separate uh, accounts that have different uh, ownership that the 250 applies to each of the accounts. But when you put $250,000 or more in our bank, the FDIC covers it up to $250,000. And as I mentioned for the two that went down, they uh, covered every dime above the 250. Some some of them had millions and millions in there, and they covered all that. So the government stepped into that, and if they can't do that, which I wouldn't expect they would do for everybody, it's strictly a matter of how strong is the bank financially individually. So when you go to make a deposit into your bank and you put more than $250,000 in there, you want to look at their financials and you want to ask questions and you want to say, okay, what about your financials supports the fact that if I put more than two fifty, I'll, I'll mostly be safe. Well, like I said, the trickle-down effect would have to be substantial to get down to somewhere like First State Bank being a small local community bank with community assets and community mm-hmm. loans and community deposits. So those banks, again, were not the typical bank, and that's going to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, for those people. And so when we heard rumblings about people like Etsy had to be afraid because something was going to happen, I didn't really understand all that. Like, why would somebody like Etsy, you know, have to worry about their assets? Is it because, well, maybe they have a lot more money than than we think they do? We're thinking of them as like helping very small business owners, you know, or not even business owners, but just craftspeople, you know, mm-hmm. sell their wares mm-hmm. and stuff. So why would somebody like them be affected by what happened at SVB? It would strictly be business disruption, whether they have access to their capital to continue their business going forward and they have to switch banks to um, keep going and, and reestablish all of those relationships, including electronic banking and those relationships with their customers, their vendors, uh, the vendor's customers. So uh, whether it be something like PayPal or something like that, they've got to reestablish all that uh, now that the banks are under regulation. And then to get access to their funds right away is uh, takes a little time, too. You have to prove who you are and what you are in order to get your money back out of there. It takes time. So when you have disruptors like that, uh, it, it's, again, a trickle-down effect to the businesses that have business with that bank and then their customers. I see. Well, all the more reason why it makes so much sense in the world uh, listening to you and just thinking about what's going on in the big world that uh, banking locally with a trusted brand and name in our space, and I mean literally our space, Elkhart County, St. Joseph County, and a bank that's been here for over 100 years, you get, I, I, for me anyway, peace of mind uh, just knowing that you have this wonderful uh infrastructure 
of legacy and and true bonding, you know, with your bankers and people so that you can, you know, you could actually go and probably talk to somebody like Dana Trowbridge ASAP if you were worried about anything because they're available to you at First State Bank. And so I'm very grateful for you here today answering all these complex questions and things that most of us uh, lay people like me uh, really don't know about. But I can I can guarantee that uh, if people go and talk to you, because I've talked to many of you now at First State Bank, you are going to get really personal attention with, uh, you know, true caring there that goes on. And for you, Dana, with uh, business banking, people can really feel safe to go there. Um, If you're thinking of starting a business or you want to transfer your existing business over to First State Bank, you're going to be there every step of the way with them. So we thank you for that. Thank you, Laurel. Really appreciate the hospitality. Oh, very much so. First State Bank, again, in Middlebury, Goshen, Elkhart, and now South Bend. And uh, we're talking business banking today. And if you want to hear this information again because you missed part of it or because you just want to hear it a second and a third time to really have it sink in, you can go to our podcast page at 953mnc.com. Look for Spotlight on Business. I'm Laura Smith. See you next time. If you missed any part of today's show, log on to 953mnc.com and look for the Spotlight on Business podcast. Be sure to tune in again next Sunday afternoon at 4.30 for Spotlight on Business on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station.